This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Out of the gates and ready to go. OutKick 360 is back. 6th and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer, Old Smoky Moonshine, TJ Lang, former Packers offensive lineman will join us. He's now part of the Lions Radio Network. We'll chat about the NFC North with him. That will be later in today's show. Primary complaint in 45 minutes and a lot throughout the next three hours of NFL and SEC discussion. Gentlemen, good afternoon. I am excited about today's show, boys. There's something about, um, you know, we, we don't like to give a lot of weather updates, but there's something about some overcast skies and cloudy weather you love that, that gets me more excited. I'm I, telling you, you I, was, I, I must be a secret Irishman or something. I need to be from the UK ah, the peak. where it's cloudy all the time because this is the type of weather that energizes me. I'm no longer a day ahead. The week has caught up to its regular thing. It feels like a Wednesday. Uh, I don't know what happened to that day ahead thing that I was, but I, I wasn't. I, I tried to come to a concert last night. The lightning kills amphitheater. I, I, I hate amphitheater shows now because there's. I feel like there's a fifty percent chance of lightning, which holds everything up. By the time they were letting people in, we were on our way back here. We parked here because we didn't have a great arrangement for the child. So and how much so, did you get to see of the concert no, before it was? No, I mean, they were opening the doors at a time that we felt like by the time he got on stage, we would have seen a half an hour and it wasn't. How long was the delay? They were opening the doors around nine. So he probably would have gone on at nine forty. And then I wasn't convinced there wasn't going to be more lightning that would have pushed it back some more. And it wasn't raining at that time. So it was a good time to walk back. So we just bagged it. We had a nice cocktail. So we drove into town, went and had a nice cocktail. And, Big timers, yeah. just eating those tickets, huh? Buying the tickets, saying, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're, we're, we're good. Well, I was at, that, at, that, air, point, at that point, I thought there was a reasonable chance it would, there would be more lightning and it would be canceled. And I would get to use them on another occasion. So I brought Teresa over here and showed her the property and the studio. and Went home. Uh, went home. <laughs> Probably went home. <laughs> Um, I, that's I, tough. That, that's the part that sucks about the the amphitheater. But um, I I prefer the outdoor concert to oh, a uh, nice summer night. It's beautiful, but the summer night right now in Nashville is very unpredictable. Unfortunately. Yep, and uh, I prefer the Ryman to everything. I mean, if you're ranking national yeah, shows, but, uh, Ryman. But if, if we're talking like seven to ten thousand people, um, I'd far prefer being outside at a amphitheater setting like that than indoors somewhere. Yeah, it's nice. Um, and who was, who were you going David to see? David Gray. David Gray. Didn't have. That's a bummer. So he was playing. Sure it was, it, it was weird how he had struggled. He, he had if anyone like, was at David Gray in Nashville last night, please tweet us and tell us how awesome so it was. So it's like an anniversary uh, show. He was doing like a 40 minute, uh, of his best stuff, then taking an intermission and then playing the, the entire white ladder album. It's like the 20th anniversary of white ladder and playing that start to finish. Who so started this trend of doing that? I, I know Hutton was at one of the concerts. Also Weezer did something similar 
where they basically played all the greatest hits. They had a short intermission where the manager came out and did a slideshow of the band over the years. It's at the Ryman. And then they played the, the Blue album. I think it was start to finish, just as the album, the, the, when like it came the anniversary out. of it. Yeah, yeah. Springsteen album. did it on the river, did a river tour, uh, 30 year anniversary. I like, it. I like that trend. <clears throat> Me too. You know why I like that trend? Because it involves playing all the hits and an album everyone knows that goes to the concert. Uh, I like those types of concerts instead of I'm going to play all the new stuff. You guys make fun of me, and rightfully so, for being a Backstreet Boys fan. I'm going to go to their concert on September 8th, which is also the opening night of NFL. With the, <laughs> they're going to have uh, 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 the, uh, that's another reason they're going to play new hits from their Christmas album. That's what I'm drop. saying. If, they, if they're going to try to sneak in some new stuff, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting out of there. Is it out of sense? Guys, we got a new album coming out. Uh, the I hope there's no lightning. We're really changing up our image. It's going to be all acoustic guitar, and we're all going to play the guitar up here on what, stage right now. What if right they now. come out and say that? Yeah, front start to finish, they're going to play the full Christmas it's album. Christmas in September. <laughs> yeah, getting a live version ready for the next. Uh, year. I know, I know. Labor Day was four days ago, but we're ready to go with Christmas for Backstreet Boys. So Goodell went all in on Deshaun Watson. Uh, finally, well, he was asked about it. Uh, he's been asked about him multiple times. So was this an impromptu press conference that occurred maybe after the vote on on the Denver ownership? Yeah, they caught him coming out, uh, walking down a hallway at in Minneapolis at the owners' meeting or the owners' vote in Minneapolis, and you know he he speaks at every one of these owners' meetings for the reporters that are there. And in the middle of training camp, there's not many reporters there for this meeting. Yeah, just a handful, I think. So you know, I think it looked impromptu, even though it was probably scheduled for the media. They didn't do it in a presser setting though, like they would at the Super Bowl or you know down in Florida. Owners' meetings, yeah. So. It, I, it certainly looked impromptu, but he went all in um, saying that, that Watson deserves the full season ban. They're going to view uh, four separate violations of the conduct policy instead of just one large violation. That's how the league now views it. Um, and it was a different tone from Goodell yesterday than what we've heard in January, whenever they said they're going to let this process play out and uh, let the legal process uh do its bidding on whatever's going to happen. At that time, Watson had not settled these cases. And now we have the ruling from uh, former federal judge Sue Robinson, which he is responding to saying he respects that, but he views it as four separate conduct violations, not one big one. It's so stupid that he, he's like, to me, that he's touting, oh, we have him on four separate violations, when they actually are 22 separate violations that he's settled if they really broke it down. And this, again, is kind of like, uh, which I've maintained all along, their inability to um, successfully investigate things because they're not an investigatory body. But, I, I mean, for him to, like, say, oh, we don't have him on one, we have him on four, when we all know they're, what, what's the final number, 22 that he settled or 24 Yeah, but they're only presenting settled? four. I, I know, but that's so silly to me because he's talking about four, like four's a, a substantial number for them to look at when we all know there are 18 other ones. Yeah, but I think there are... Awesome. Are reasons why they're not presenting the other 18. There's well, they're, probably they're not presenting the other 18 because they couldn't get the, those other 18 people to talk to. Uh, um, well, they spoke to 11. So they certainly know what Watson would be presenting or his camp would be presenting but, if they presented evidence on certain people versus others. This is where I feel like we need to get another sports legal expert back on. I, I'm not sure if it's they're saying the one versus the four as in victims – but as the, the, the claims against Watson. Remember, 
Sue L. Robinson had at the very beginning of her report, here are the four things the NFL is charging Deshaun Watson with. Right. And she lumped them all in, but she said, I find him to have committed all four. It was, you know, uh, uh, unlawful touching, basically. Did you threaten someone, make them feel physically threatened in the environment? She said yes on everything they presented. Did you break the, the so league's I don't, code? I don't know you if made it's, the look, again, the I need, league look bad. I need to I go mean, back and them. read it thoroughly. I'm not was, sure if they're talking about, no, no, that's we what think there's four to. separate incidents. It's four things that he did repeatedly in predatory behavior. It's not about four versus 22. Right. It's four different things. Yeah. But which Cyril Robinson league, said Sexual he did assault. All um, conduct that poses a genuine uh, danger to yes. the safety of someone. Um, and, and, and conduct one other detrimental one. to the league. Yeah. Yes. And, and what if Peter Harvey comes back and says, I, I agree with Sue L. Robinson's findings and it's six he's games. He's not going to do that. I mean, it's a fun hypothetical to discuss, but he's there to line up more with, with the league. I, I agree, Paul, but I said that about Sue Robinson as well. Like it, yeah, I, I'm surprised. Yeah, but she's a that, joint appointee of of the two sides, and he is not. He is an appointee of one side, and one side that's got a clear uh, has has come out and said what it wants. Um, yes. So I'd be shocked if it doesn't come well, out. The, the other the thing other, is that he can play Friday night. Right. Are they going to play him Friday night? The, they have not decided. I was uh, reading a report last night. They have not said who's starting the game, and there is talk in Cleveland that they're going to start him. I think the league will absolutely hate that. Well, if they're going to go by, they're going to point to the CBA. The CBA allows this. Yes. Based on the six-game suspension, he's allowed to practice all the way up until week one. He's a part of the team until week one. The suspension doesn't take place until then. Clearly, it's allowed. If they ban him indefinitely, then he's taken off the field immediately. Right. Clearly, it's allowed. Allowed. But, I mean, and we talk optics a lot. I mean, yeah. the league, if they're on no, the verge right. of suspending him for a year or indefinitely, yes. will absolutely hate the fact that there's B-roll of him playing yeah. to run behind all of the conversation. When SportsCenter well, and all of these shows are doing well, their reviews of him, they have B-roll of him playing in a quote-unquote game in a Browns uniform. I mean, now. there's B-roll of him in a Browns uniform at practice already that everyone can roll when they talk yeah, about him. I just though. preseason. I think the NFL has clearly stated how pissed off they are by <laughs> saying he deserves a season. Right. They don't like the initial ruling. I, I don't think him playing a series in a preseason game is going to get them any more riled up than they already are. Also, I don't think it really matters. At some point, the Browns have you have to get your starter ready. And we they're not appealing the, the the Watson camp and the they NFL can PA, appeal. they well they can't now they could have they could have right they decided the not six to. game suspension so we know he's going to be they can't sitting for now. six games which starts week one so it doesn't make much sense unless, to spend much time with him now unless they're waiting around to see if he files a lawsuit and, and gets an injunction but again like you have but to they get can't get an injunction ready. it sounds like for those six games those six games are done. Right, he could get an injunction for the seventh game, depending on what but the, happens. But you know, going he's forward. still taking those reps. Stefanski last week was saying, you know, I, we we've got to get him ready because he hasn't played in a year, and he's going to play for us right yeah, now. But how long can you work on week seven? Yeah, that, when you've that's got my week thing. Like, they want him ready whenever he's gone because he can return to the facility after week three, the Monday of week four. You'll have time. He can return. Uh, he can't practice until that Monday of week seven. And so, 
to me, you got to get Brissett ready for the season. Maybe their thinking is like, let's give him something in this first week, and then we'll get about. Yeah, I I don't know, but I'm like you. I wouldn't I wouldn't be spending a lot of but time want, on Deshaun Watson right now. Yeah, and I would want Brissett with the starters. I guess that's where my mindset. If you're playing Watson, you're playing your starters. I'm talking on the twelfth this line. weekend. Yeah. And therefore, if my starters are out there, I want Brissett with the starters. They haven't said they're playing him. But I, I think the common sense element of this is you play Brissett if you're going to play your starters. Maybe they play the starters a little bit longer and you're giving Watson a series and Brissett two series or something like that. It's going to be curious. But, uh, like, uh, it's a lot. I, I realize that the coaches in the league and, and some of the players – the preseason games do matter for a very small percentage of guys who have a chance to make roster spots on the very back end. But this is about uh, what does one series or an extra series do Aaron for Rogers any player? Aaron Rodgers says he's okay with playing in the preseason, but if he plays in the preseason, he doesn't want to play one series. One series I, is meaningless. I don't get, like, the, other than just getting a snap and maybe hitting some pads, like, you can do that in a joint practice. You can do that now in camp sessions. I, I don't. I don't get what the benefit is of a possible series that could be a three and out. What that does for the player? Yeah, it it benefits a rookie, you know, just getting their first NFL quote unquote game experience. But what's the benefit to Deshaun Watson or any of these veteran guys who yeah. have played? I'm, I'm, I don't I'm, think there's I'm any. I'm clarifying this by the guys who we know yeah. are making a roster. Yeah, that that that, that and that's my point. I don't think there is any. I think those guys know what it's like when you get to a regular season. I mean, it's. <laughs> There's no benefit to it. The benefit is to the rookies, obviously guys trying to make the roster. Yeah. But even first-round picks that are going to get a little playing time, it's sure. big to them roster when they battles. get their first NFL preseason no action. Doubt. No doubt. But this is not This is not Baker, Mayfield, Don, and, and Darnold. You know, Brissett's going to be the guy in week one against Carolina. And I, it, it, their schedule sets up to where, as of right now, if Watson returns week seven, they could still go win the division. Based on their first six games without him, it's crazy to think about. But I would be making sure that you have a chance to position yourself for when your guy gets back, you can make a run at it with Jacoby Brissett as your guy. But the the media who's been able to attend practice and maybe not film all of it, but they've been reporting like they've they've been splitting reps with the first team offense with the quarterbacks. That has to transition into Brissett soon. Yeah, and uh, full time. I mean, and then how much does Deshaun Watson gain from being second-team quarterback at practice? Yeah. I'm, Not a lot. No, I wouldn't think so either. Um, so the Titans are on the road in Baltimore. Uh, they will play the second game tomorrow night. There's two games tomorrow night in the preseason. You've got the Patriots and Giants and Titans and Ravens. Um, Titans will uh, depart Nashville around 5, 5.30, so they're getting in late to Baltimore and uh, kick off on – uh, Thursday evening, and then we're off to the races by getting getting through week one of the preseason. And this is generally where we start to see some injuries happen. We haven't had too many uh, to this point of the the, pre, the, the catastrophic injury. Um, this is the risk that we tend to see where some depth issues come into play, where maybe the number one guy doesn't play at receiver, but the number two or number three, they suffer a soft tissue injury or something that ends up lingering through the rest of the month. So I think we'll start to see some some storylines play out on teams' depth. Yeah, and this to me, interesting. I haven't looked at many preseason schedules. That's not something I'm going to spend much time on. The Titans, though, are away, home, home. 
Yes. And so this yeah. is their one uh, practice road game. I'm sure they're not playing a lot of starters. We know Derrick Henry doesn't play at all in the preseason. But um, how many guys does Vrabel take on the road? He doesn't like guys to know whether they're playing or not because he thinks it affects guys' mentality. <clears throat> guys' mentality, excuse me, going into the 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 day. Whenever and so I, he often uh, won't tell them until you know, or won't tell them at all until the ones are called out onto the field. Really, yeah, they go through warmups and stuff. So he probably has a full plane. Today. Yeah, I mean, whenever the last time I traveled with the team was 2019 and or 20 yeah 2019, they they took a good portion of the entire team. Now, like I wonder if, if even if Henry goes. Yeah, uh, that's a good question. I mean, I I think then he would have. I don't know how they'll treat it now, but like the injured players don't travel. I think they stay back for special treatment. So, like um, an example would be Danico Autry. Does he travel? Because he's been missing some practices. He's not playing in this game. Yeah, I would think Elijah Molden's not going. He's missed I would like think so. Nine practices yeah. in a row. Tannehill's Tannehill's there. I think either way. Yeah, you would think he's on the headset and helpful in some way, shape, or form to Malik Willis in the second half. Yes. Um, so we'll we'll hit on some storylines for the the Titans game uh, coming up tomorrow, and uh, we'll have a full preview of both of those preseason games coming up tomorrow as well. Uh, Chad, you uh, watched Hard Knocks, Paul. I don't know if you did. We I haven't did talked not. about this. I haven't seen it yet either. But uh, the, there was a tease yesterday that it was going to be one of the top moments, if not the top moment, of Hard Knocks, and w- with their with their rookie. You, Aiden Hutchinson. With Aiden Hutchinson, yes. Did uh, did the first episode live up to expectation? It was great. It was. I can't remember the last time I watched it. First episode, maybe Rex Ryan's Jets season, where I thought, man, Let's this is going to be GD really snack. entertaining. Well, Dan Campbell is, I mean, wildly entertaining. They open with him addressing the team, and that's where he said some of the things that barely make sense. But he's just one of those guys <laughs> that you believe it when he says it because he's so emotional about it and he's so committed to whatever he's saying. Uh, he was really funny. The Aiden Hutchison singing along to Billy Jean. Best part about it is they get to the chorus and the entire room goes nuts and, we're and stands up. We're listening to it now on radio. I don't think we can hear it on, or can you hear it on the stream as well? This is from last night on Hard Knocks. Yeah, and they're, they're singing along, clapping along, and they go nuts in the end. Terrific. Um, yeah, I mean, look, it was it was highly entertaining. I mean, there's nothing earth-shattering about it. There was a great moment also where Deuce Staley, uh, who's the running backs coach, and Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator, they're on the practice field. They are talking trash. Like, like I've never seen players talk trash to each other before. Like receiver, cornerback going head-to-head. But these are two coaches, and it is a seven, five to seven-minute clip, it felt like, of just the most advanced level PhD level trash talk you're ever going to see. It is incredible. And you think they're going to fight. I'm excited for that. I mean, they look like they're about to fight the entire time, but it's just what they do. And then when it's over, they're kind of laughing and they say, yeah, we immediately go back to our playing days. Now we can discuss more about this, but Dan Campbell getting down and doing up downs with the team and said that he fell in his house and he hurt his wrist and he was afraid to do it. And his wrist was hurting. He had to tape his wrist afterward from doing the up downs a lot of people are going to look at that and say, should an NFL head coach be acting like a player, like one of the guys and doing up-downs and all that? It just works with him. I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird. Like the, yeah, he's his himself. Whole, he's being himself. His whole demeanor, it's not fake. It, it just works. And he's got 
a coaching staff full of guys. At one point, they go through and identify themselves and say how long they played in the league. There's over 80 years of playing experience on his staff of guys playing in the league. Uh, Mark Brunel, you know, for instance, 19 years in the NFL as his quarterback's coach. Highly entertaining for episode one. Aiden Hutchinson, very likable. They have not talked to Jared Goff once. They showed his reaction to the Billie Jean performance in the front row, but they have not. I mean, this, it's only one episode, but they haven't gotten into Jared Goff at all. There's a lot of things to get into. Haven't gotten into any of the rookies. I thought it was very well done by HBO and the Lions. I was more interested in this because I like seeing the teams with the losing culture, the teams that are trying to get to somewhere, trying to do something. Leave Schreiber, who is the uh, uh, is the the narrator of the whole thing, opens with it's training camp time, and that means a reboot for a lot of teams looking to reboot things. And there's no franchise in need of a reboot more than the Detroit Lions. And then goes into their history. I, it was really well done. They're probably Highly recommend. They're probably going to take their time on getting to Jared Goff because he's probably gun shy. Because the last time we saw him on Hard Knocks. We learned that he does not know where the sun rises. The only time Jared Goff makes an appearance is to walk up to Aiden Hutchinson's father, who's there after practice one day, to introduce himself and saying, your son's doing a great job. He's going to be really good for us. And he just off to the side, and Cameron went, goes and shakes his hand and then walks off screen. I'm looking forward to it. I've heard good I things about the DVR, but I'm sure it's... Uh, well, their their setup is nice. Like their facility. They also... I, the, the reason why I'm looking forward to seeing this... and. You know, I guess to a point, Dallas requested it last year, and it was horrible. No one was talking about it. The show, I'm saying. Yeah, it was bad. Uh, but the Lions... Everybody talked about the drone shot. The Lions Remember that drone shot to the, the facility? It was the biggest thing in the whole uh, series. I was talking with someone with um, NFL Films um, and the crew that does Hard Knocks, uh, one of the uh, producers who told me that they were actively looking for another team. Because, they, you know, they, they want... They're thinking Detroit, Star Jared Goff. If you start going through the storylines, there are better storylines across the league that they would like to be a part of. But the Lions lobbied and raised their hand and said, we, we want you here. And so they're there. And I think that will also make for a better show. Because you're, I, I think Campbell's going to be himself. Nobody's but you're, hiding. You're gonna, yeah, exactly. You're going to be more open to the, the idea of it. Plus, I mean, you get final edit. The team has final edit of this show. And if you have a team that's willing to open the doors to a certain extent and want the show there, they're going to be more apt to allow things to pass through and not be so edited down. And I think that was the, the big problem with Dallas last year. It felt very just dry, you know, like basic. You could tell they had final edit. When Jerry Jones it's one picking of those out where his hamburger is one of the highlights, yeah. it's not very exciting. Yeah, you, yeah. you can tell when, a, when something's heavily edited by the team. That is not this version of Hard Knocks. It feels very real. It's all about head coach personality and picking a few other big personalities and making sure they're being genuine and authentic. I think about the misery that was Joe Philbin oh, of the Dolphins yes. on Hard Knocks. You have to avoid that. I don't care what the logo is on the hat, where the city is. Give me a head coach that's not going to hold back and is going to show some personality and I think it'd be great. I think here in Nashville with Mike Vrabel and the Titans could be good oh, he, if he Mike would, Vrabel if, let loose. If he would let loose. If they would, I think would it'd not be great. He'd be very Dan Campbell-like, I think, Yes, that's, with the team. That's a but great he would example. probably be very guarded if they forced it on him. And to get into the Titans, they would have to mandate it. The and Titans they would, would have never to, raise their hand. 
They couldn't have a new head coach. What are the rules here? You can't be in the playoffs playoff multiple years are, in a row. So yeah. I think they're protected on that. Yeah. There are certain restrictions longer. that allow uh, teams to say no and get away with it. One, one sort of, I think, newsworthy thing from the, the first episode. So the first day, is it the first day they're allowed to or the first day of camp? Mm-hmm. They went full contact, full pads, full contact. And at the end of practice, Dan Campbell huddles everyone up and says, I, I know there's been some bickering going on about what is this guy doing? We just got here and we're going full out on day one. This is not very NFL-like. And he just goes into this whole thing about, trust me that I know what is best. And all I do is think about you guys and what's best for you. All I do is sit here and think about how can I give you the best chance to be successful and keep you safe. And this is a way to gear up early and then we'll take some time off and then gear back up. So we're not sitting there in week eight and we're just now getting geared up for the season in week eight. And everyone's acclimated to everything. We want to be ready to go at the start of the season. He's crying by the end of this, telling them how much he, he thinks about them and cares about them. But there was a clear, I know you guys are mad about having to put on pads on day one, that this is odd to you. But let me explain where I'm coming from. And then I think Jawan Williams is the running back, I believe is his name. Jamal, Jamal Williams, maybe. Yes. He steps in and he starts crying too. Oh. He leads the team yeah, after that. And he's story. like, all I, sit, all I do is sit around and think about that record, that bleeping record. And if you're not thinking about that bleeping record from last year, and he's just going crazy and getting so mad that he's in they, tears. Too much crying. They a were crying. a bad team that was close to being a surprise last year. They, they lost a lot of close one-possession games in the fourth quarter. Um, Baltimore w- was a prime example. They should have won that game, and then we see that 65, 66-yard field goal or whatever it was. Well, I'm um, rooting for them. Uh, I, in one episode in, I'm all in on the Lions. It's a team I want to do well. That hasn't had any success. I, I, yeah. They're very easy to want to have good things happen to them. Well, this will be a good series. America yeah. will get to root for the Lions, Hopefully. and the Lions will win five games. The we'll Lions, talk with... Uh, they'll go from three wins to four wins. TJ Lang, who's a member of the Detroit Lions radio broadcast team. He's on the sidelines. He will join us later in today's show. Of course, former offensive lineman. Uh, with the Aaron Rodgers Green Bay Packers team that won the Super Bowl over the Steelers. He'll be with us in hour number three today. When we come back, we switch gears and talk SEC, and we'll continue our team previews by discussing the outlook of the Missouri Tigers, which is it's a very difficult program for at least me to set expectations for um, on where they believe they should be versus where I think the consensus is for Missouri as a program. We'll, we'll discuss where the line is drawn on determining success versus failure on the defensive side of their football team. Next, an outkick 360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. 
Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Backstreet Boys bringing us back. Chad Withrow's happy. Mm. And everybody else is like, what the hell are you guys Can't doing? Can't you feel the love? <laughs> Can't you feel it? Just no. Let the let these harmonies that can are you tell just us, wash over. Can you. you tell us each of the uh, the men who are singing right now? The boys. Um, leading up, I think that's Brian starting. <laughs> I think. Okay. Uh, yeah, Nick Carter is going to come in soon for sure. Uh, Howie and AJ both appear in this one. Yeah, that's, I think it's that order. And I think I nailed the order. Who's the guy with the goatee? <laughs> that's uh, there's two. There's Howie and there's AJ. Oh, AJ. So, the girls who yeah, were well, wild there's, about uh, there's this. Kevin too. Yep, thank you, Kevin. Kevin's the one. Kevin's the one from Kentucky. <laughs> with the, uh, with the, I think Kevin and Brian both are from Kentucky. So they're cousins. Yeah, yeah they're cousins from Kentucky. Cousins. Yeah. The, the that girls makes sense now. who were wild about this Welcome are how go. old now? They're the, our age. They're late thirties, early forties. They have and they hate own. it. They're now embarrassed by it and they hate it. But well, you it's, a, it's hilarious. We we were at the concert at Bridgestone Arena. Three years ago, I think it was now. Last time they, last time the back, last time the that BSB the made their way through Nashville. Uh, they've actually been at a sin since then, but their last arena show there was lightning. Was at Bridgestone, <laughs> and I mean it was me and three of my buddies <laughs> and just nothing but thirty-five <laughs> to forty-five-year-old women. That, the whole the middle-aged woman tour. Us. I heard they called it. Yeah, there were like you know married couples there. We were the only group of guys that I spotted in the whole place. You were in t-shirts. Everyone was looking no, at you just like going nuts. trouble. Oh, uh, they yeah, it was it was something. They, look at those guys. They lost a bet. I'll get a yeah. full. Uh, we need to get a camera with me for that night, and we'll I, I can interview people. And we can do something. You know, they make that those. The they make those concert. little uh, cameras now, like the GoPro that latches onto your hat or like whatever. A miner's helmet. You need to wear that the entire <laughs> night. Well, it's, it's also just, just to get your facial expressions when your favorite song hits. So it's uh, it's obviously a female-dominated audience for Backstreet Boys, <laughs> but there's a lot of like younger women that are ironically into Backstreet Boys or late '90s boy bands. Yeah. So you'll get also like 18 to 25 year old. Women that'll be at a Backstreet Boys they're concert. Like, we that, hate the music were, of today. Yeah, they were barely alive, you know, when their first well, album yeah, came I mean, out. But it's it it that was like retro to them when they were in middle school and yeah, high school. Their their parents were in high school and uh, were probably dating, and there was a a kid. What well, when early conception? When Hutton and I were in high school, <laughs> this was just the culture. <laughs> yeah, was Britney Spears, Backstreet Boys, in sync. Can we show that picture of you when you were in your prime? Abercrombie uh, and Fitch. I probably need to uh, get. Chad was uh, practically uh, a model for Abercrombie. I need to get permission from the young lady in the picture to first <laughs> this picture. But I mean, we could spend a segment on this picture breaking this down. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll send I, it. Davey has it. I, I can find it one where I'm very similar with the shell necklace and everything else that was going on. I mean, it, it looks like I showed up in a props department if for uh, a throwback Netflix show about 90s high school life, and they said, just yes. make me as 90s as possible. I'm wearing an American Eagle t-shirt with an AE logo on it, uh, a shell necklace, 
And I don't even know what hat I'm wearing. It's a Major League Baseball hat turned around. All you're missing are ears. With the MLB logo on it. So we got some Bills fans in the house. How's it going? Good seeing you. Yeah. Yeah, and Davey's right. I I went double T-shirt. Undershirt, (laughs) under the T-shirt. Just by looking at the photo, I could smell fierce, that cologne that was very popular. You know what I was I looked at that, and I wouldn't have predicted, like, I'll be friends with this guy someday. You know what I... uh, (laughs) No one did. Um, (laughs) You know what I... I don't don't think my friends then wanted to be friends with me. But you know what cologne I wore at the time, Hutton? Um, A little thing, a little fragrance by the name of Givenchy. Oh, yes. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? The the G-I-V... Because I remember saying, I'm like, Givenchy? What is this? I like, no, no, Givenchy. I'm like, I'll take that. Egoist. I want to be able to to you know p- uh, properly pronounce this to people when they misread it. So I had the blue uh, polo cologne, the the very small yeah, blue, the blue bottle. bottle with the gold uh, logo on. Yes, um, I remember that one. Fierce from from Abercrombie was. I mean, you wanted to smell just like Curve. Sore. Curve, curve, curve was big. A, that was another big one. So you safely walked through Abercrombie and it didn't change you. Well, everybody else needed to go home no, and take no, no. a shower. I'm, I'm saying it did. Like I, I was. I, I could. You could very easily find me wearing something similar to what Chad is. Well, in it's, that it's photo. funny we're talking about these clothes. I fully so, admit that. So Curve, my buddy Richard, who you guys know, who's uh, owner of Regal Realty. This yep. is no free shout out. They're the title sponsor of our show in Nashville. Uh, he had his entire car. I mean, smelled like Curve. Like he put so much on, he had it in his car. You would curve get in the vehicle, like a you would, perfume. Not you would open, open up the door, and it would, I mean, Curve Cloud. would just emanate from his car at all times. It was an instant headache. There was so much Curve in that, in that car. It was crazy. I was a Halston guy, and I wore it for a long time. I told you guys, yeah. I broke the bottle in a hotel room on the bathroom floor. <laughs> if you and are, that's the last bottle I had. I never bought it again, but that poor maid staff that had to clean that thing up, I mean... Paul, that room still smells. If you are a Halston guy, you should watch the Halston series, limited series, about his life on Netflix starring Ewan McGregor as Halston. Me and McGregor? That, That's how I heard that. That, first that man did enough cocaine to kill seven horses. <laughs> I mean, that, I think five episodes of the eight is just him doing blow while designing things. That's, that's, that's a big part of the show and also a big Sounds part of his life. Sounds a little repetitive. Yeah, it's... Uh, well, there was... <laughs> There's a part where there, I mean, the, the uh, someone was cleaning. The cleaning crew came in, and there was <laughs> like cleaning four up ounces of it in the phone that just the residue that came <laughs> off his face on the phone that he would talk on in the office in New York. See, all these cleaners they were have it out of the phone. They had That's to clean why the phones up, weren't working. They had to clean up Halston's cocaine, and they had to clean up my Halston. Yeah, they walked into the hotel room and thought that you know a drug dealer had been there and a, a life had ended. Tried to cover. They had this was this was eighties New York. They had a um, just an employee that their sole job was to go on run <clears throat> runs to refill <laughs> the office the entire time. So <laughs> check it out. Austin. I will. What was that That's from? You bought me street cocaine. What was that from? That's no park cocaine. That's from uh, Succession. Park cocaine. Kendall Roy was not happy. Yeah. Yes. Hit us up on Fun Twitter times. at Outkick360, your favorite and 90s cologne. that's our SEC football preview for <laughs> yeah. tonight. All right. And, and, that's, that's, and that's what we think about Missouri. This concludes our Missouri Tigers segment as we talked about Curve, Backstreet Boys, and Halston doing blow. We will hit uh, Missouri later in the show. We also have uh, we have to break down Marshawn Lynch's car. Oh, my God. Um, where he's arrested. We have to break it down like he broke it down? He's riding without a tire. He's riding on a rim. He's down one he's tire, over. and the other t- another tire's flat. Yeah, it's uh, it's something. 
worth uh, running through here where there, I, mean, I don't know what defense you come with after getting pulled over with a car looking like that driving down the street. Um, also, we, He's an ambassador for the Seahawks, so he will be under the personal conduct policy. He's a special advisor to the Seahawks. I'm sure they'll rush to uh, do nothing. Uh, get him, get him or just, Sue he's just, you know, uh, Marshawn's going to take a little time off from his role as special ambassador to the Seahawks yeah. and then come back later. Yeah, he'll get another endorsement with Skittles or something and everything yeah. will be okay. He's just there. So There's probably some company that's going to make this into a funny commercial. <laughs> just Dude. completely disregard the fact the man was driving what appeared to be a totaled vehicle yeah. while hammered. But we'll, we'll turn into some, some commerce. Driving on two wheels. Look like literally. he got it from the junkyard. Uh, coming up, primary complaints. That's next and now kick 360. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network. They did a great job uh, here in the studio of getting the photo of Chad with the unnamed... It's fast work. It was good. girlfriend at the time. Wasn't a girlfriend. Oh. Just a friend. Friend mm. who happened to be a girl. I friend. Mm. Yeah. A female friend. Could have been more. That could have been more. <laughs> it was not. Six of Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Gentlemen... It is time, each and every week, we air our top grievance. And it is time for primary complaint. My primary complaint this week, guys. Um, the amount of information that the NFL, team by team, attempts to hold back from public consumption in some way. Um, and I'm not talking about them shutting down portions of practice from the cameras or uh, trying to prepare for the season and claiming competitive advantage over how a formation may look or what they may show during a preseason game versus in a practice. I, I tend to understand all of that. What I don't understand is the reluctance to give us a legitimate and accurate depth chart. This is a league built on being the best. There are a first team. There's a second team, third team. And now, because of this quote-unquote unofficial depth chart, no matter if it's 53 or if it's 90, there is a depth and a sequence to practice. But they released this unofficial depth chart across the league that is filled with slashes and ors, ands, instead of one name and then another name beneath it. And we all well know, based on the observations at practice, where guys stack up. And... We all well know where guys stack up based on the coach's reluctance to even play them in preseason games that fans are paying for. My primary complaint this week is claiming some competitive advantage by not telling us who's ahead of the other player in a league where that's really all this comes down to. That's my primary complaint. 
My primary complaint this week, there are certain things that when they're done and done properly, you just continue to replicate it and you don't sacrifice it just because you want to be different or you're trying to be cutting edge. I'm going to go to the world of technology with this and entertainment. Back when we had the DVR or the TiVo, if you hit the pause button on your remote control, and this is pre-streaming days, what would happen was there'd be a line that came up on the bottom of the screen and it would show you exactly where you were in your recording so you know how much time was left. When Netflix came along and set the industry on fire and became the preeminent streamer in all of Hollywood and the world, what happened? You hit pause, and on that screen, a bar came up, and it still does, red line showing you how much you've watched with something else, clear line showing you how much is left, and it shows you how much time is left in your recording and how far you've made it. These are great things. This should be replicated by every streaming service out there. It is not. Paramount Plus, I'm talking to you specifically because I like some of your products and I'm watching, but you have to make it to where when I hit pause on a Paramount Plus product, I can automatically see exactly how much I've watched and how much is left not leaving me to have to rewind or fast forward and giving me the option of your rewind and fast forward going way too fast where I'm going three minutes back immediately or five minutes forward immediately to see where I am in the recording. There are certain innovations, certain things that are done, that they're done for a reason and they're replicated for a reason. Please, everyone, universally, when you hit pause, show me where I am in the recording and don't try to get cute. That's my primary complaint. My primary complaint relates to the world of fabric and fashion. I'm a big fan of dry fit fabric. That's Nike's term for it. Everybody's got a term for it. It's a fast drying, very light fabric, good in the heat. This is a Tommy Bahama dry fit fabric. I was shopping with my wife lately, actually not with the intent to buy, just killing time while our son ventured through the mall with a friend. And we saw some shirts, fellas, that had uh, a, a big sales pitch on them. It was four-way stretch. Teresa said, isn't that interesting? Four-way. Look at this, guys. This stretches side to side, and it stretches up and down. But watch this. Corner to corner. And the other corner to corner. It stretches always. So why would you be touting four-way stretches, this miraculous thing? That sounds actually restrictive. <laughs> not incredible this stretches in every way imaginable but you're marketing it to me as if it only stretches four ways i don't think this is a good marketing plan I, this is not a sales pitch that attracts me to your shirt i find it sounds like a girdle <laughs> or a corset four-way stretch is very limiting when there are innumerable ways this shirt stretches I think this is a failed marketing plan, and you're limiting yourself when you say four ways. That's not enough ways. How is any stretching, four-way, all-way, <laughs> otherwise, even a sales point? Well, it's loose is what it's saying. It, 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 you know, you bend over, and the shirt stretches slimmy. with you. It, uh, well, slimming is like, well, I, I'm going to get fat, and then maybe still fit into it because it's going to move. Yeah, you're, That's you're what not going selling. to feel fat in your shirt because it's going yeah, it's to stretch. Not stiff. It's going to move with it's you. It's not stiff. I like your complaint a lot, Chad. I, my bigger problem, I'm not that anxious to see how much time is left. I actually like not knowing how much time is uh, left. I love we knowing. discussed this. <laughs> but chat. my thing is on Paramount, if you fast forward or rewind, it doesn't show you 
like you can't it's not showing you frame by frame what's going on so like it's if you've left the no room and you come back and you yeah. want to rewind it to where, you, where were, you were it doesn't show you you're guessing it's like a blind guess yeah you're like i don't automatically know how That's much time terrible. has passed i don't have a sundial i don't know what four minutes how long was i gone <laughs> right. how far do i go back i gotta see it and I know on exactly yours, Hut, this idea... Netflix is perfect, and this is not a situation yes. where... Imitate it. I think it's perfect because it was the first one no. that I bought. Well, why don't they want to show it's the It's perfect because it's the best. Yes. And everyone should at least have Just that have feature to show that. Just have the same thing. Increase the features if you can, but don't take away the features. And yeah. on yours, Hut, and the thing about the depth chart is like... Mike Vrabel here in Nashville make it like, oh, we don't really know. There's an <laughs> internal depth chart. These right. guys go look at the wall and know... Oh, I'm All with the twos. Now, I'm with the like, threes. So when they call one defense or one nickel, everybody knows where they're going. So this idea that like they have to put something special together with the media before the first preseason <laughs> game and it's a big hassle is complete BS because there is one. But I don't, I don't understand the competitive advantage you have by not telling us where guys stack up because you're going to tell the entire league before the season kicks off. Where guys stack up because you're releasing half your roster. Yes. So what difference does it make if he's third or fourth string? I don't understand the the uh, the There's disdain no for us wanting also, to know Also on that. opening There's day, no your starting offensive line will be on the field. And exactly, you don't have some undrafted guy that's some secret weapon. Like, what are you going to do? Put, put a, oh, man, you well, really got us. You, that, that right guard you may, that we thought was second is actually a, starting. Uh, you may have a secret player. You may line a guy up in a wildcat formation, but you don't. The depth I mean, chart that's doesn't not give listed that on that. Yeah, and it doesn't and matter who's starting or not also. Mine's not even that. Titans related. There's a, I forget to it was the Vikings, I, I believe, that have two quarterbacks listed as their backup. Like their, their backup quarterback. There, there can only be well, that's one. The, that's in college football. They always go with the or. Yeah, but, right. but know, at least in, is or or. But at or. least in college football, you have a legitimate 100 player roster right. that you can pinpoint yeah. and try to deceive people with. In the NFL, there's no deception with this. There's going to be 45 players active on game day, and all of them are going to see the field. I just want to know which guys are ranked certain ways as we go into preseason game number one, and then we can really follow their progression if they move up or down the depth chart. And I, I think they're just trying to fool us, even though they're going to tell us exactly what's going to happen. Or if they're trying not to hurt guys' feelings, again, they, they, they know yeah. one of them's taking the two reps and one of them's taking the three yeah. reps. And don't if you even, really want to hurt their feelings, put a veteran on the field in the fourth quarter tomorrow. And night. don't yeah. even get me and Hutton started on high school football coaches that try to deceive with their depth charts to the announcers yeah. of the game. That That's happened. happened to us many times. Yes. Way too many Four-way times. stretch. Unbelievable. Headlines more next on Outkick 360.